The number two player in the class of 2024, Ian Jackson, is off the board, and he is headed to Kentucky. No, North Carolina. Ian Jackson pulled a switcheroo on all of us at the last minute. What on earth happened? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shea. Joining me today is our guy, college basketball recruiting insider, Jason Jordan. And boy, oh boy, I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the college basketball recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So post your job free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. Folks, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk later on about the massive Big 12 matchups coming up tonight. But first, Jason, we had a a recruiting uh, brouhaha. I don't even know what to call this thing. Folks, behind the curtains here, Jason and I recorded a show earlier today talking about Ian Jackson to Kentucky. It was in the bag. I edited it, recorded it. It was scheduled to go. And then news starts trickling out. We even talked about it because there was one one crystal ball flip early in the day. And we're like, yeah, that's just noise. It's nothing. (laughs) But it started picking up some momentum. And we started texting a little more and like, hey, maybe this thing has some legs to it. Sure enough, we get to halftime of the Montverde. Uh, sunrise game on ESPNU on Monday afternoon. And uh, it was an MLK day miracle. Jason Jordan, Ian Jackson says, I am a North Carolina Tar Heel. What on earth changed to make this happen? Man. Well, you know, let me back up. You know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's wild and crazy, but unfortunately from my, from where I sit, it's not that rare. It's rare, but it's not, unheard of right so i remember this happening with zion williamson i remember it with harrison barnes where everybody thought it was something else and then he yep. said yep. skype and then the duke people were like what's skype and so it's like <laughs> well that means it's not you <laughs> skype is not you so um you know i i yeah i've, I've definitely seen i've we've actually at si when i was at si we actually recorded a commitment of a uh like a, a five-star McDonald's All-American prospect. And he recorded and we did the the questions catered to this specific school because he had already committed. Uh, you know, he was going there. He calls me that night and is like, yeah, yeah, we got to re-record. So, yeah, I, it's not unheard of to go through. But, I, you know, in my back channel conversations, you know, and I, I'm, t- I'm talking to people that, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, right? yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I would say that the people in the know thought it was Kentucky, um, even today, right? Um, but, you know, what I'm told, um, you know, now that things are official, which is, I mean, my people talk about Hubert Davis being a, a man, <clears throat> the man uh, of the hour in the land of the last six months and recruiting in a second. But I heard it, it had a lot to do with the visit, and I've always – maintain that a visit can change the world (laughs) in the recruiting world a great visit can change the landscape of uh where people are are leaning 
where people are, um, you know, it, it can change everything where, where they're leaning, where they're, uh, it can, it can reinforce things, you know, in every way, but a visit is, and, and, you know, I'll be honest, most kids will tell you Carolina has some of the Carolina's like top three best visits for sure. Um, consistently I've heard that. So apparently they, they knocked it out of the park. Not hard to believe that. And then he and Elliot are very close. Um, so, you know, and we talked about that too. Um, I've talked about that before about how Elliot's mouthpiece will be, yep. Uh, yep. be invaluable going forward. So, I mean, you know, double whammy, they um, got him from both angles. And, you know, at the end of the day, Hubert Davis is a bad man. <laughs> yes, he is. He's not to be trifled with. He's not to be slept yeah. on. Uh, Carolina yeah. has a recruiter on their hands. It is clear. So, I mean, Jason, seriously, it felt like we were just here on Locked On College Basketball not too long ago talking about Elliot Cadeau and James Brown committing to the Tar Heels. It's not too much later after that that now we have this this uh, surprise from Ian Jackson. And so, I mean, this class was already the number one class, the North Carolina class with Elliot Cadeau with James Brown and with Drake Powell. And now they add, in addition to a point guard, a center, and a small forward, now they have, you know, another, you know, you might call him shooting guard, you might call him combo, whatever. I know you've used some different language, and we'll talk about his game here in a little bit. But what can you say about this class that was already number one that now adds the number two, depending on where you look at, player in the class? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, duh, it strengthens it. Phenomenally, and you know they're they 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 just lapped uh, everybody twice um, by adding in. But you know it's a testament to Hubert Davis, and we always talk about him. And just and I've always said, I told Hubert this when you know when we're in the recruiting world. Everybody says I just love Hubert Davis, just love the guy, just love he's so relatable, he's so personable. I don't, I've never met anybody that doesn't like him. It's like why, you know, I mean, it'd be like. What don't you like about him? He's so nice and so cool. Like, he's just a cool guy. You know, he's just a nice guy. You know, the guy you want to probably have a couple wings with, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, but that, I'm telling you, man, that in the den, he wins the den. He wins the den. And um, that is where you tend to land talent. And, you know, that's obviously what's going on. And, um, you know, it's a testament to him as a recruiter. He yeah. and his staff. Man wild stuff there so like are they done i mean do you you know we talk about they've got four guys do you go yeah. for now a power forward do you try to get uh a jaron stevenson or a trenton flowers if you're if you're hubert davis yeah it's a good problem to have right because you probably at this point you're gonna have your pick of the litter because you know they had the number one class they really have the number one class <laughs> now and so you know people you, you think this doesn't matter, but it does. But people want to be a part of some historic mm. stuff. Too. Like, hey, I was a part of a number one class. So yep. then now they're going to be like, hey, Jaron, I mean, what's up? You want know, to you want to be, <laughs> be a part of the number one class? Yep. You know, you, you want you want to get down, yep. you know, with the with the team, you know. And so that, again, it just strengthens their sale. Um, this is I mean, this is huge. Yes. But it's huge on levels that even fans don't understand, like the the nuances of how this uh will register with recruits um it's it's huge it's huge and you know do they go and go get another high school kid if they want to i think they they have their pick of the litter now um especially with the guys that are after like uh ryan jones boogie you know again that depend on 
Caleb Love and sure. uh, Darren Stevenson, you know, sure. I think it just it just strengthens their sale, and that's a major, major, major win in every way. Yeah, you mentioned Boogie Fland, and my initial reaction to this, having not even really processed that Ian Jackson might go to North Carolina, is I know that North Carolina has been after Boogie Fland, right. Trey Johnson, some of these other guards. And my initial thought when I heard this news was, oh, Carolina's done then in the backcourt. But there's still that reclass option with Elliott, potentially. You know, I, I haven't really heard anything yet about um, Ian Jackson potentially reclassing, but yeah. You know, yeah, like you say, there, there's still that boogie planned potential out there for Hubert Davis as well. Yeah. What I've learned is that it's always an option to reclass, you know, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing ceases to amaze me. Like I've, I've been in situations where the kid was definitely old enough. He definitely reclassed back in the seventh grade or something. And then everybody said he was, and then he didn't. And then I heard, Oh, he's a true, he never reclassed. He's a true Two to his class guy. And then it's like, yeah, oh, he got enough credits. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, so that reclassification, everybody can reclass. Everyone That's can reclass. And so, you know, don't be surprised if people, you know, head out in Chapel Hill and they start to, you know, worry about their careers and they go ahead and they move on. And don't be surprised if they, there may be one or two reclassifications. Who knows? You know. <laughs> possibilities are endless oh man it is a fluid situation in college basketball trying to build rosters in this day and age i do not envy the coaching staffs uh but we just get to sit here and talk about it that's the joy of our jobs now jason we have to get into the kentucky side of this because for you and i in that conversation we had earlier this was a foregone conclusion as the building block of kentucky's 2024 class yeah We're going to have to talk about that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all that fat and calories? Then you got to grab a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then you got to get to Built Bar. Seriously, it's so delicious, and you won't even realize they're good for you. It's perfect for these New Year's resolutions. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered always in 100% real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie. Not sure how all they do it, but they taste great and the macros are amazing. Only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. So, the greatest news is that now you don't have to wait around to order from Built.com. You can find Built Bars now at your near Sam's Club or Walmart. So make sure to go by today and grab yourself a box of these brownie butter, brownie batter, excuse me, or churro Built Bars. You won't be disappointed. Jason, we got to talk about the Kentucky side of this after looking at the North Carolina side of it. For Jan- John Calipari, under fire right now, things aren't great in Lexington. I mean, you, you go back a couple years, missed the tournament two seasons ago, that lost to St. Peter's last year, and things aren't, aren't off to a Kentucky-level start this year. I know they just beat Tennessee on Saturday. The 23 class is loaded. Justin Edwards, DJ Wagner, Aaron Bradshaw, Rob Dillingham, these are all top 10-level guys, and Reed Shepard, great, great class. But for 24... The cupboard is bare now. I, I think this is the guy you were expecting to build on. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, to some degree. I mean, it's, it's still, uh, you know, Trey Johnson is Trey Johnson. And expect them to throw the kitchen sink attention-wise and otherwise 
at Trey Johnson now. So that it's you know their their loss on him is Trey Johnson's gain. I don't think he wants any more attention, but you know he's gonna get it nonetheless. Um, yeah, it's big. That's a big loss. It's a big um, it's a big public loss, right? Like so, sometimes you know a kid is like, oh, I'm considering Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, and but people know they're not going to to uh, and this only happens with blue bloods, right? So it's like. If they're on the final list, you lost bad. You know, you lost. Oh man, you lose, or you That's didn't right. get your guy. So much so that uh, blue blood coaching staffs will try and jump ahead of that and be like, "Hey, we backed off that kid. I don't know why." You know, it's almost like I don't know why he still has our hat on the table. You know, um, because that means something to them from a PR standpoint yep. in a in a roundabout, and it does. To, you know, you don't want that bad noise. You don't want that bad noise. So, um, but this one was a. It was like a foregone conclusion that he was coming to Lexington. Whether that was true or not, clearly it wasn't. Um, that's what the masses thought, right? So it's a when I say it's like a public beatdown. Oh man, this is this is bad. You know, like this is bad. in the recruiting world. This is the St. Peter's loss because it's like, yeah, we got him. So anyway, this is how we're going to use him, and you know, we're going to put him in this lineup, and we'll probably work out good. But now it's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? When he opened the coat, it was like, wait, that's not – he put the wrong shirt on, so I think we should get him another shirt. You know, that's how people were really taken. They were shocked. I know people that were shocked that that would know, you know. Yep. So it, it's a bad it, it's a bad look from that perspective, right? Um, and so it's something, you know, they're obviously going to have to contend with. They, they need a big win. They need to go – they will go all in for Trey as, you know, they have been anyway. But as far as the building block, I think – yeah, you could make the case and they would t- certainly spin it like, oh, we wanted, you know, we were going to build around Trey. And I think that's what the message will be with Trey and even guys like Carter Knox and guys like that, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and I know they're going to be anxious to get somebody in because like you talked about Elliot Cadeau earlier, being that mouthpiece that helps get yeah. uh, someone like Ian Jackson in. Like how imperative is that? to get that first piece so that a, you've got somebody, especially a dynamic, like a Trey Johnson or Carter Knox, like talk about, and then somebody that can hit the recruiting trail for you and be kind of that bluegrass voice in people's ears. Yeah. It's huge. And I mean, you you want a guy like Trey Johnson because it, it means something when it's the guy who's handling the rock, you know, it's the guy who's got to control and dictate the offense and the tempo and things like that. So you might want to, you know, Kentucky's on boogie playing, you know, Trey Johnson, obviously. So you want one of those guys. And then they're great, like, social guys, right? So those yeah. guys know a lot of – they're friends with all the top players. And so those would be two wins, even Carter Knox. Those would be big – I mean, yes, you – I'm not trying to – at the end of the day, you're not, if you're not top 15, you're not top 15. So you, they could get a commit, but they want the right commit with the right mouthpiece, with the right reach yep. to make, make, it, uh, make a difference on the recruiting trail. So. Whew, gonna be interesting in Kentucky. Listen, Jason, Kentucky's gonna get guys, right? We're not we're not concerned about that. They're gonna do it. It happens, and guys want to be there. But now, uh, I mean, after they had also missed on Ace Bailey, correct? Wouldn't yes. they all in on him? And so that's you know, I know the Big Blue Nation right now is feeling some of this, like, hey, we missed Ace Bailey, we and missed out on him to Rutgers. By the way, yeah. we missed on now Ian Jackson, like. Oh, we need that momentum. We don't have much good news. And so I'm sure there is some consternation that they're wanting to get past. No doubt. They definitely need a win. Um, 
you know, just from a public perception thing, you know, because of the season, I mean, the great went over Tennessee, but by and large, <laughs> they needed that because it wasn't going great, you know, so they need, they need some wins. And, you know, obviously, I mean, Hubert on the other side, they were, you know, <laughs> they won't feel a Hubert for the last couple of weeks, but I think this earned him some good, you know, he's had a couple wins, you know, he's got a big, huge win on the recruiting trail. Yeah. So, you know, that's just how it works. It's the nature of the beast. And, um, you know, Wins always fix everything. Don't they? Whether that's a win on the court or on the recruiting trail, it worked. What have you done for me lately? Well, Jason, let's just say a couple words. We haven't actually said really much of anything about Ian Jackson's game. Could you say just uh, maybe a couple things about what you love about what Ian Jackson brings to the court? Well, I could talk about him being, you know, a 6'6 athlete, three-level scorer, um, you know, a guy who gets to where he wants to on the court, um, pro game, likes post-ups, shoots over smaller guards, uh, great in, like, two-dribble pull-ups, um, <laughs> great off the second bounce on the offensive glass. What I really love about him is his dedication on the defensive end. Like, he, mm. he's like a – you know, he brings that energy. I don't know if it's like a – you know, he's from the Bronx, so, you know <laughs> – Bronx Borough. Um, shout out to Pat Joe. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, that that mentality comes into play when you're from the Mecca. And so, you know, I think he's a guy, you know, he said this before. He said this for years. Like, he really tries to bring it on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And um, that shows that shows through on both ends of the court. But, you know, obviously, the, the game comes really easy to him on both ends of the floor. And that's not something that I can say. I mean, he he's probably – he's the best two-way two-guard in the country, wow. right? You, but then you could say, well, Jay, he's the best. He could potentially be the best player in the country. So, yeah, he's probably the best. <laughs> but, I mean, usually, you don't usually say that about the right. best player in the country, that he's right. also potentially the best perimeter defender in the country. So that is definitely the thing that separates him and the thing that I love about it the most. That'll be fun to watch for Tar Heels fans. I know they are excited. Well, moving from the ACC and I guess SEC too to talking about the Big 12, we've got two massive matchups tonight. The top four teams in the Big 12 standings are squaring off. What's going to happen? I'll get you ready for it in just a second. The top four teams in the Big 12 standings are in action against each other tonight, and it's going to go a long way to determining the Big 12 regular season standings. Cannot wait for these games. Here they are. Let me give them to you. Number two, Kansas at number 13, K-State, 7 Eastern on ESPN, and number 10, Kansas at 14, Iowa State, 8 Eastern time on ESPN+. I don't know why we keep getting these big-time Big 12 games on streaming but it is what it is. Make sure you find your way there. All four of these teams are top 26 at Ken Palm. They're a combined 59 and eight outside of one loss to Butler, who's 84th at Ken Palm. The other seven of those eight losses are all to top 32 teams in the nation. And so these teams are playing at an elite level this season, and it is going to be massive, massive games tonight in Manhattan, Kansas, and in Ames, Iowa. One of the best things is that, keep in mind, Big 12 is only 10 teams right now before they add next season. And so we get a true round-robin 18 league games where everyone plays each other home and home. You play all nine teams twice. This is the first of these exact matchups in both pairs. And so uh, we get these, and then the great news is that we get them 
both again later back in Lawrence, Kansas, when K-State will visit Kansas, and then back in Austin when Iowa State will eventually come to Texas. Uh, What's also awesome is, therefore, these games, these first two, are both at the lower-ranked school currently, although lower-ranked is a relative term right now because they're all four really, really playing well. The other cool thing is that this is the sixth game in the conference schedule for all four teams. And so after tonight's games, we'll be exactly a third of the way into the Big 12 conference schedule. And we'll have a much better understanding of where things are at. To wit, let me tell you what happens in the conference standings based on how this goes. Kansas, right now, 5-0, the lone undefeated team in Big 12 play. The other three teams in this Little grouping right here are all four and one. K-State, Texas, Iowa State right now, all four and one. The other six teams all have two or more losses. In fact, it's only TCU that has two. Everyone else has three or more. All of that to say, if Kansas can go win in Manhattan in the Little Apple tonight, that gives them a two-game lead in the loss column over Kansas State and the loser of the Texas-Iowa State game. And then obviously the winner of Texas-Iowa State is 5-1, and one, just one game back. But uh, Kansas can really give themselves some breathing room tonight with a victory. So be watching for that as a storyline. However, on the flip side of that, if K-State can hold serve at home, whoo, boy, that makes things interesting in the Big 12. Why? Because if K-State wins, that means Kansas, K-State, and the Texas-Iowa State winner are all tied atop the leaderboard in the Big 12 at 5-1. and one. And then the loser of um, the, the Texas-Iowa State game drops then to 4-2. and two. So let me give you a few things to be watching for in both of these matchups so you can get set for these games and know what to see. Um, Kansas at K-State. To me, this is the bigger of the two matchups um, because Kansas is the one atop the leaderboard right now. K-State is the team that was picked dead last in the conference preseason that has come out of the woodwork to do amazing things, um, as we know already this season, having won at Baylor and winning um, also at Texas already. I mean, uh, stomping Texas in Austin. And so uh, I know K-State lost to TCU over the weekend, but still big things here. So on the Kansas side of it, the Jayhawks have clearly and obviously been winning but they haven't been setting the world on fire. Four of their five Big 12 games have been decided by four or fewer points. The question is, can they keep that up? Andy Patton and I discussed this on yesterday's show, and my my question is, is this a function of, man, Kansas really knows how to pull out close games and win close games, or is it a function of, hey, they've just been on the lucky streak and there will be regression to the mean? I tend to think it's somewhere in the middle, but that said, These teams that Bill Self coaches, they just seem to have a knack for pulling things out, even games they shouldn't win. Always, but particularly at Fog Allen. But guess what? This game ain't at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. They got to go on the road. So that's a different question. Now, Kansas is 2-0 on the road in Big 12 play, but those two road wins are at Texas Tech and West Virginia. So what? I'm not, that doesn't tell me much of anything. At K-State, that's a different animal tonight. So I'm curious to see, 
can Kansas go in to K-State and continue doing what they've been doing? When you look at Ken Palm, both of these games are two-point um, swings. The The line is set at two. Um, for this one, Kansas is favored by two on the road. Interestingly, I, I didn't think they would be favored, but they are. So for me, I love this Kansas team. I, I believe on a neutral court, Kansas wins this one seven out of ten games. But... At Kansas State, at Manhattan, give me the Wildcats in an upset alert watch for this one. I'm going to say they win by three with a big, big, big game from Keontae Johnson. Uh, I I really think it's going to be one of the most fun guard matchups of the entire year because Marquise Noel from K-State and Dewan Harris from Kansas are two of the best guards in the nation right now. They just so both just so happen to both be in the same conference. I think they offset each other a little bit, but man, that's going to be fun to watch them go at each other. But I've got K-State winning by three, both uh, winning and upsetting Kansas at home and proving that Jerome Tang's team is very legit if they hadn't already proven that to you as for the other game there's some while i said the other one is a more intriguing game to me this is the more intriguing storyline and here's why keep in mind in the offseason iowa state lost a guard by the name of tyrese hunter cyclone fans were losing their minds thinking i don't know we're not going to be able to do it where did tyrese hunter go austin texas who now returns to ames iowa you better believe Hilton is going to be rocking tonight for this one. So for the Iowa State side of things, here's the difference in them to me. For Iowa State, they go as Caleb Grill and Gabe Kalsher go. I've seen Caleb Grill go off this season. I've also seen him struggle, and when he does, Iowa State does. They've got to come out. Grill needs to be going. Kalsher needs to be going. Again, it's a home game, and so you expect them both to be, but is there that like ah, pent-up stuff that sometimes just comes out a little too much? But when Grill and Kalsher were right, the Cyclones are right. When they're not, it's tough. Uh, should be a great night in Hilton. Um, to me, the strongest two units in this game are another part of what makes the storyline interesting. Texas offense is elite-level top 10, top five, perhaps even in the nation, depending on who you ask. And Iowa State's D is not as elite as Texas's offense, but is extremely high level this season. And so something's got to give there between Iowa State's defense and Texas's offense. On the road, I'm going with the home team and their defense uh, to have a little bit more there. Ken Palm has this game. Iowa State, though they're ranked lower uh, in the AP poll as a two-point favorite at home. And I'm gonna, I'm buying that. Give me the Cyclones at home to win and cover. I mean, goodness, they almost knocked off um, Kansas in Fog Allen over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, Gabe Kalsher, massive shot near the end of the game. Uh, but then Kansas did just enough to hold on in the end. For Iowa State, their only other losses other than losing to Kansas, Kansas excuse me, are UConn. That's great. Fine, whatever. And Iowa. I can I can palette both of those. Iowa State is for real, but they need Caleb Grill and they need Gabe Kalsher, and that's what I'm watching for in that game. Man, going to be two massive, massive games in the Big 12 tonight. Again, going to be huge for helping determine regular season standings in the Big 12 to help two of these four teams get a leg up on the others. So make sure you tune in to both of these matchups. Been a great day here on Locked on College Basketball. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please do not forget 
to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Just as simple as pressing that little red button, giving us some comments. We want to hear your thoughts on Ian Jackson's commitment. We want to hear your thoughts on these two Big 12 games. And please give it a little thumbs up, a little like. That would be great as well. Andy Patton will be back with you tomorrow. Great stuff on the Pac-12. Make sure you tune in for that. And until then, peace.